Hello everyone, welcome to the Many Pakistans. Yay. We have missed you. Welcome to the Many Pakistans. Nino, how have you been? It's been ages since I met you. I know, but I was so excited. The Islamabad Literature Festival happened and for a change, you know, like I had been like, you know, building my house, moving my home. And, you know, it was such a relief, you know, like sort of uh, a space where I can listen to nice talks, read books, buy lots of books. <laughs> and so it was, um, it was I love it. I just wish we had literary festivals all year round. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think our listeners are very familiar <laughs> for your love for literature festivals. And I also had the chance to attend this. And I think um, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was organized well. And I just loved this session. This time, you know, I was able to convince my parents to come as oh. well. And and they were sitting there at the home and they were watching TV. I was like, you need to get out. The TV is not the real thing. You need to get out and see. So I was able to convince them because Anwar Maksud was coming. And I said, Uljhe Suljhe Anwar Dekhne Jare. Ah. And my parents loved it. And uh, it was such a beautiful session by his wife, Ammu Apa. And she was telling like how they tried to write a biography of him. And it was such a great effort because he's a national treasure. Of course. And they were able to put together a session which was very honest, very hilarious. And uh, it just made you feel like you know them and you know them personally. Yes. You know, it makes a huge difference. You know, when you have, it makes a huge difference, you know, when you meet the authors and uh, writers and poets directly and you know hear um, you know their point of view i was very very excited uh, umar shahid hamid you know the author mm. of uh, three uh, books which i absolutely adore you know and a police officer who's written you know uh, the prisoner which was a best selling uh, book on uh, karachi and its underworld and his mm. latest uh, book, The Political Worker, sort of looks yeah, at... Yeah, I bought that book. I still have to read it. Yes. I just found it so interesting that I picked it up. But I didn't get to meet that author. Yes, yeah, so I went to his session. But what was fascinating was that his uh, uh, co-panelist, uh, I mean, I wasn't really paying any attention. I had no in, uh, you know, interest in... But particularly, you know, to uh, hear her, I had actually, I was very excited to meet, you know, Omar Shahid Ahmed. <laughs> but because I sat through uh, the session and she had written a book on, uh, um, from the title, I thought, oh, she's written a book on um, uh, Benazir Bhutto, you know, like nobody killed her, you know. Hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, yeah, I, I sort of like dismissed, you know, um, in a very naive fashion, oh, another book on, you know, celebrating... Uh, uh, Benazir Bhutto uh, and uh, you know or like a, um, a murder of you know uh, a female uh, uh, politician but when she discussed in detail um, what were the thought processes and what were the influences and how she arrived at the storyline believe you me not only did I go buy the book but I had a completely different um, approach to oh i mean that was an interesting curious um way of uh asking a particular question which resonated with me and and it was so interesting that at every word that she was describing of her thought process which was highly 
not political hmm. and i had branded her as somebody who you know like is from karachi is enamored by benazir bhutto and he's written on you know like a book on you know like emulating you know like a not a caricature but somebody in her image but i was so wrong so one of the things that i took away from that session was what the literary festival uh, offers us is a direct opportunity in getting a window into all these very interesting great minds of pakistan and pleasantly surprise us and also excites us in in ways and manners which we haven't even thought of yet and it also teaches us not to judge a book by its cover <laughs> believe you me i mean a lesson in humility now serious lesson in humility the other thing like remember like when we were interviewing leslie hazelton yes and and her struggle of like the book Ma- mary flesh and bread mary yes. and I, i kept on thinking like look at her process and that complicated way of asking a simple question, question. who is and she who is she who is she in real life and and we have seen mary like we've been to churches we've seen the statues and everything none of us really thought about who yes. is she right and she thought about it yes. and i'm sure like this author with nobody killed her sort of looked at it in a very very different and unique way yes which and excited you yes and no it it, it I think the brilliant or uh, the brilliance of a storyteller is that they of course uh, connect with you but also ask the universal questions you mm-hmm. know and uh, it uh, resonates with you and makes you perhaps think not even on the line that they're thinking at that moment but makes you think and yeah. makes you reflect and that is the beauty of it and these literary festivals offer an opportunity for all these great and brilliant pakistani minds to share with the rest of us and and you know so you know that woman um i shouldn't is arifa sayed uh, arifa sayed right and she said something that my job is to agitate your mind enough that you ask a question yes and and i so i really like i i don't know her personally i in fact like it, the first time i listened to her and she said something about speaking in urdu and i like so the, yes this podcast is in english and i recognize the irony but she said something that i used to speak in urdu because i used to love it but now i speak in urdu in rebellion and it and then she went into all these details of her her struggle and i felt like this is something which i should be seeing on tv or listening on radio but unfortunately my radio and my tv is so shitty <laughs> that i don't get to have these thought provoking minds and i i think i ran into her and uh, the uh, like i was talking to bela and i ran into her and the first thing i was like do you want to be on radio and she gave me this look because she's like who is this this guy <laughs> probably she's been asked by everyone and i just like in my head i was thinking this woman is so good that she should be shared with everyone yes. like her mind should be shared with everyone and this is the kind of like message we need to be giving our young people you see the many pakistans and you know we are attempting to you know like celebrate the diversity of voice thought and processes and i must say that these literary festivals for all the critiques that come up 
um, post uh, these. And I believe there was even a another literary festival. There's uh, the Kitab Mela. Exactly. And Kitab Mela was uh, organized by National Book Foundation. And it had Kishwar Naheed and it had many, many celebrated Urdu authors. And uh, it was also very successful. It was at Park China Center. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go, although I tried going, but work hit me up. I think they should have done like a better job at promotion, promoting a little earlier and probably now that it has happened, it will happen again and gain some momentum. And also, as uh, we recently both, you and I attended the Beacon House also. You this, know, yeah, the School of Tomorrow exactly. conference. Exactly. So I'm glad that these literary festivals have spurred on. Uh, both the corporate sector and also the uh, education sector to start uh, giving platforms of the literary and the public policy and the publishers an opportunity to share um, the written word and you know also culture and art and dance along the way so it begins to give uh, the many Pakistans an opportunity to get a little bit of a window and insight into there's so many you and know? you know what I really really so I, I saw Dastan Gohi right yeah, oh and, my god isn't it and amazing Amar Bel, right and and you know it was done so beautifully and I like I, I've grown up in Pakistan I've I've been speaking Urdu I've known everything which one would know but I've never heard that kind of beautiful Urdu. And this is a society which is oral. Exactly. And you know, like, uh, English, English for me, I was taught English as a child. I was told if I speak in Urdu in the school, like, I will get punished. And, and I, I think that's also damaging, like, you know. But at the end of the day, when I heard that beautiful Urdu, all this time I was thinking... I wish I knew my language the way they speak it. I wish I was so articulate. And and that led me to realize that this is one of my goals. I want to now work towards improving my Urdu to a point where I could literally sound articulate, literally and meaningful the way I do in English. I wish I could do that in Urdu. And that Dastan Goy, also like, I think like one of the things which it also did to me was to understand life in Urdu. Like we somehow have removed the very personal aspects of our life away from Urdu. And we have, like we don't talk about relationships, we don't talk about love in Urdu. Somehow it's always Valentine or you're hot or you're sexy or this or that. Well, but it's know, never in Urdu, like the, the beauty the, the beauty of describing you, those you emotions. You have, you know, Ali Natik, you know, who is this uh, very well, now he is very well known. Uh, exclusively Urdu short story writer and uh, I'm glad that uh, both the English and Urdu speaking Pakistani world and the region and are beginning, and be beginning to appreciate him. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Does our language, if we are barred from the other, which is English versus Urdu, are we cutting off, you know, a certain life and lived experience of the other side of Pakistan? And I think the answer is yes, to some extent, you know. Um, and it's very important from the very beginning uh, from our education system, and you are involved in that uh, to a large extent, that we uh, put that skill set at a bilingual level. Because if we don't 
uh, understand and read uh, equally uh, um, in both languages, literary, literature, lived experience, expression will become exclusive, you know, uh, to that like, particular. And, and, and I really felt like the kind of wonderful ideas that are discussed at these festivals should be shared with everyone. Yes. And I was thinking, why is the frickin' PTV not recording it? Why is this Radio Pakistan not recording it? Why is it just in the in this time where everything has live feed and access and everything, why are all our major channels not recording this? And it also like Anwar Maksud, like somebody said, like, why don't you write? And the, he also pointed out this time of ratings where um where the it's not about thinking or scripting or anything it's about just like throwing material which might be meaningless but keeps people engaged and i think that is where the damage is that is where the society is so misplaced in their values because the very channels with which we should be training or questioning or talking have been hijacked by commercialism advertisements and complete rampant uh, race for ratings. Well, you know, uh, there's. I, I think to be. I'm, I'm not saying fair. I think there's also an element of fear, uh, both from the organizers' point of view and the uh, unfortunate apathy of uh, public sector um, communication broadcasting agencies. That what if uh, in these literary festivals where free thought is encouraged? free debate and discussion and analysis on whatever subject they're uh, talking about, whether it's a book or an idea um, or a play, um, does this free uh, thought process uh, offend someone? And in a country like Pakistan where offending someone can become dangerous and the state to a large extent abdicates the responsibility of safe spaces for everyone in the public space um, has been demonstrated over and over again. So this constant uh, response of self-censorship or creating bubbles that yes, you can speak, but in a very closed environment. Yes, you can explore something which is creative and free-flowing, but in a, in a, uh, behind closed doors. And so it's fear that uh, uh, motivates to some extent, whether it's conscious or unconscious, of having these absolutely wonderful uh, creative uh, opportunities, but it is not shared, you know, as widely uh, as it should. So this is like my same problem, right? Many Pakistans is everyone's Pakistan. And, and yes, you can shop, but in a mall. Yes, you can live, but in a gated community, period. Yes, you can speak, but in a certain language. So everything we're taking away from people and that's why we are creating these bubbles and Wait. that's why then when so i was and i'm sure you were also very very disturbed by the mashal incident right mashal mashal is a reflection of what we're doing with these bubbles like yes you can study you go to whichever university you want to my son or my daughter but when you come back to this country keep your mouth shut because we have not taken enough measures that when you actually express your thoughts, you might be killed. Yes. So, the, yes, you can be the woman you want to be. My 
beautiful daughter yes you can wear jeans in the places which i have made safe for you but when you go in certain parts of my country you can actually be called a slut or what or whatever and that's not the f- that's not what we do so we, we have no collective responsibility for the country you see um, i think you've pointed out to a very real and a very ugly side of the abdication of um law and order by those who have the responsibility to make us safe on the other hand of that very uh clear responsibility of the state of looking after us and our safety is the public also allowing the state to continue to abdicate this responsibility so it is a mutually reinforcing crisis that we have is that while the state continues to abdicate its fundamental responsibility to keep us safe under all circumstances we allow it to i know but you're right but at the same time i feel so you know this argument and we say this in education all the time that if you were to force all the bureaucrats to put their children in the in the government schools within night the government schools will improve right is it also applies to the sense of security if you ensure all your children have to go through the same sense of fears which a child in madan university has to go through you will suddenly make mardan university a safer place it doesn't right? make sense so suddenly like we we tend to give the security in our lums and ibas and nas and all these like top notch universities but we tend not to care when it is in mardan or when it is in swabi or some other far fledged place of this country or sakhar or something we turn a blind eye although it is in hcc jurisdiction to provide this kind of space right we turn a blind eye and place a bigot on as a vice chancellor of a far fledged university but would never to dare to do that in a city university so what are we giving the message like so the bad promotions or the bad or the less qualified people can still be vice chancellors of universities which are not important but my question is why are they not important in fact we should send our best resources in mardan or swabi because we don't know if our next nuclear scientists would come from the, those places we don't know if the I, the person whose ideas or mind we had to protect has already been lynched we don't know that and that is what really like like that really burned my well, heart well you know i i will actually ask you a question and i think it should answer um the queries that you are asking the very same hcc and or or more than the hcc even the chief minister of our largest province punjab their obsession with uh sending and celebrating um pakistanis abroad you know whether on scholarship or as gifts or as uh, benefactors um of personal largesse state largesse what is that saying rather than saying that i will invest and improve in our own universities in our own uh, education system they reward you the selected people but to go abroad 
giving and confirming that our own universities and our own spaces which will shape the minds of the majority of our own citizens to remain at a certain level hmm. so until we actually uh, prioritize pakistan and we prioritize investing and improving our own human development uh, platforms which universities are clearly one of them and be- behind that our school systems pu- public sector schools in particular given it is the largest sector of catering to education this problem is going to uh, continue where uh, you have job applications saying only foreign degree uh, you know educated people and and apply. that too sometimes from the government which is really sad and and that's that that leads me back to the literary festival in a way that we now have minds we have now minds which are thinking we need to distribute the knowledge which is coming out of these brilliant minds to a larger population we need and to give create... them the access exactly. you know because in many instances uh, these literary festivals also in many ways show you that where were these people and why aren't we using them more or why haven't we heard uh, from them and why are they not influencing more people as you said even hearing them so you know do you remember the attack that happened on the shrine and suddenly people seven went and then started dancing and creating yes. that that space shima karmani shima karmani went and danced right when this happened in madan nobody dared to do, take like a whole panel of like people who can talk about the issue in that university nobody dared to conduct like a mega event on free speech in that university like we had some rallies coming out of the father of the dead child house just because some people took consciousness but where were our leading thinkers where were all these anchors and like fear. these opinion makers fear but what if a critical mass of these f- opinion makers went to that university and held an event which was aired everywhere but this is wrong you should not I have killed a guy political parties and i'm talking about across the board political parties who are in kpk in minority and in majority and uh, uh, the religious parties start dangling religion um uh, and wrapping a pure cut uh, vigilante murder and wrap it in a uh, religious fashion you shut down Any but the, but this protest. is not, this is not religion like prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had this woman throw garbage on him or and he still like sad and asked about his health so because he ha- not only did he have the courage but he also had the moral fiber to take on any potential blowback and in pakistan there have been so many people who have stood up sabeen for example who you know her yeah, second her... year death anniversary just passed you had um uh, governor tasir you know who for standing up and defending uh, a poor woman you know was uh, gunned down where soon after the lynching of uh, mashal khan you had in uh, tharpakar um, and in faisalabad another instance of accusation of uh, citizens of under the exactly the same accusation so when the state allows and abdicates 
responsibility of ensuring your safety under all circumstances and does not draw a red line under you know potential vigilantism this mental uh, mindset which gives you some form of a carte blanche that if you use religion somehow the response will be measured or it will be uh, curtailed you have you know our interior minister you have cabinet ministers in punjab to who justify you know these kind of uh, uh, mindsets so in the face of your own people who are at the helm of uh, supposedly protecting you if they share this mind view and mindset it's very difficult for ordinary citizens in large numbers they are always the sabines of the world uh, tasirs of the world mashal khans of the world and there are many alhamdulillah well, i don't know of many but there's some who are still living uh, but it is it's scary it is scary it is definitely scary but i also think it is the massive injustice toward islam and i think if the very um, failed understanding of islam drives these people i want to drive like i want to look how this should be driven the other way around from the very very values which i have learned growing up as a muslim and i think okay like yes we took a very serious turn and taking it back towards events and all that uh, we were in a very celebrity mood to sort of like see like what kind of positivity was coming out but we could not have done that without recognizing the negativity and that is the beauty of pakistan uh, many pakistans we have so many faces of pakistan their pockets of positivity their pockets of negativity and all of us together like shapes the many identities of this country and inshallah i hope uh, soon and with uh, you know with the courage of 200 million pakistanis who uh, wish Pakistan well that we uh, take our heroes who have sacrificed deeply for principles uh, and uh, principles that protect our freedoms i hope that we respect them and honor them by taking the courage to walk in their footsteps yes on that note uh, khuda hafiz and see you guys next khuda week hafiz.